Good evening and welcome to Horror. I'm Lee. I'm Chris. I'm Adam. Uh, and we are here for episode 94, maybe. How sinister. 94? I think 94. so. Yeah. Probably shouldn't have started with that if I didn't know for certain. That's a terrible <laughs> idea. Um, <laughs> um, getting close to the 100. That's, oh, we know oh, that. We are. And getting close to Halloween. So it's all getting very exciting in the world mm. of the studio. Yeah. Um, so yes, uh, we're covering Sinister, as we mentioned. The, uh, in my opinion, surprisingly uh, good mainstream horror movie. But I don't want to give too much away. So before we get into that, as always, for our preamble, Chris, have you managed to catch up with anything horror related in the last week? Yeah, I did. I finished it part two, and oh, I definitely good. liked it. It was good. It was different enough. I liked the comedy aspect. I think I mentioned that last week. But yeah, um, I liked the cast. Um, it 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 didn't. It wasn't that scary. I would say, really. But it just. I just enjoyed it. Really, it was just the scenes were entertaining. It's. A bit, I guess it reminds me a little bit of um, Freddy. You know, I think we might have said that when we reviewed part one. The yes. way that he plays on their fears, mm. um, you know, it's just similar but different enough that, yeah. And then, you know, Pennywise, and I don't know the actor's name, but he's just, he's great. You know, his voice is is quite unique. Um, and yeah, I, I just thought it was really good. Uh, so we are recording this evening on a, on a new platform. Ooh, yeah. shiny. Bit of an experience checking it out. Um, and uh, yeah, Lady Jennifer has just messaged us on the platform because we might be looking to possibly let people know when we're recording so that we can have a text channel open to the public um, so that you can message us while we are doing our preamble. Um, yeah, in a kind of live fashion. Obviously, you won't hear the results for a week. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's something we're considering. So we're just testing it live on air. So um, so what is she saying here? She said, it works. That's a good start. What do you think of Sinister? I preferred the second one. Is there a Sinister 2? Yeah, Jennifer and I watched Sinister uh, 2. Oh, cool. So, I'd be glad to hear what the... Yeah, because I've not yeah. seen it. I kind of worried that it would sort of... I think it was like I was once you get the reveal of Sinister... Is yeah, kind of the point of it, and then it was like, oh, I felt the same, but again, I won't, I won't spoil anything now. Um, mm -hmm. but it is funny, yeah, Chris, that you watched, um, obviously, uh, the second chapter of it, which mm. has the same character in this film, uh, there's that uh, same character, the same, same actor. actor, yeah, um, and he is the lead in Sinister 2, he's he was the deputy. Yes. Yeah, deputy. So -so. Yeah, I was thinking. Yes. I know him, but I was trying to work out: is it a bit? Is he a bit weird? Because his character in this is sort of a bit weird. Because I wasn't quite sure where he was going. Because he sort of starts off, he doesn't look at him very much, and he's like, oh, "Is this?" But yeah, no, that explains it then. Yeah, yeah, well, James good. Ransom. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's a fantastic actor, um, and yeah. he pretty much carries Sinister too. Um, ah. So yeah, so he's in, he's in John Walters' last film. Um, uh, oh, what's it called? I did write it down. A dirty shame. Oh, ex oh, yeah. Sorry, we've uh, we've jumped into the main thing before Adam's ready. I do apologise. But um, 
no, no, no. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, I, I've not seen anything. Uh, oh, this week I have watched Des, mm-hmm. and it's the there's a weird thing that I've noticed, and that's that ITV, despite the fact they're fucking atrocious at everything else, are really good at real life crime dramas. Okay, and this was the uh, story of Dennis Nielsen. The, oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. The killer from the, uh, well, he was arrested in the 80s, but he was like 70s and 80s, mm. um, with David Tennant playing him. Mm. And yeah, there's not, there's, there's not a bad actor in it. This It's really, really good. And just again, I don't think it's that familiar a story for people. It's much more, you, do you no. know what I mean? I don't think it's not one where everyone knows. Sort of all the facts, as it were. Yeah, I agree. He's one of those serial killers who I know his name, but if it weren't for a, a certain podcast, um, who did a three part oh, yes. on him, I think. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd know. I mean, I'm not a massive. I'm not really into serial killers, but there's enough of them that are out there that are, are, are kind of household names and people. And I think people know Nielsen's name. But don't mm. necessarily know the crimes as well as they do someone like yeah. Manson or you know the Yorkshire Ripper or. But they do it. They do it very well. I think they because they always do it from a. They always tend to do it from the the investigation side. So rather than oh we'll just do, two, episodes of a bloke, really viciously killing people. And then we'll punt the investigation. So you get. It's the investigation that uncovers things rather than you're shown any of the grisly details. But you're not spared those grisly details because they are described. Okay. Because basically, yeah, and just David Tennant in in full Glaswegian accent sitting there going, there's uh, a few more bodies, 15 or 16. And it's just, it's very sort of dead, you know, calm. The way it's and it's uh, yeah, but it's um, there's um, Daniel Mays is in it as the main uh, investigating officer, and um, oh Jason oh what is his name um, the Hoity Toity from uh, Psychoville uh, <laughs> play plays uh, Brian Masters the author of Killing for Com- uh, Killing for Company which is what this drama is based on, hmm. uh, which is just that's a that's kind of like a true, uh, certainly a British true crime classic. That book, Killing for Company, Killing for Company, because basically, basically what would happen was is Nielsen, uh, Nielsen would kill men, and then, kind of in a parallel a bit to Jeffrey Dahmer, he would um, basically he'd sit sometimes he'd sit up with them, and watch the TV and have a conversation with them. So he was kind of it was it was to do with his essential sort of like yeah like a, 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 it's almost like having a relationship yeah but I think he only really was interested when they were dead yeah so and, and yeah so I'm gonna I'm gonna count that as horror watching certainly mm. but I genuinely yeah it's it's really it's really well done and it's not sort of 
it's not sensationalist, I suppose, is the best way. You don't see anything done. Yeah. You know, and it's quite respectful in that way that this is actually, this is real people we're dealing with. And, you know, um, but yeah, and, and it just gets across the absolute heart of Nielsen that he was just a prick. Mm. Yeah, just a, just a tit. He was just, a, he was that annoying bloke. Yeah. So, yeah, and then, <clears throat> yeah, they do do that very well. But uh, yeah, that is, and that's all the weather. So, <laughs> Excellent. Um, have you so watched I, anything, Lee? Uh, I have actually. I watched a couple of things. Um, I watched Headless Horseman from two thousand and seven. Oh yeah. Um, and Is I this mean, your your project to try and find all of the Headless Horseman films that mm, exist? Yeah, I, I, I think I've achieved it, and I think there mm. are three. Um, <laughs> so Sleepy Hollow, um, this one. Yeah, and, and the Hollow, which I watched, oh, which I mentioned yeah. on the last episode. Um, yeah, and then like there's there's lots of uh, animated versions of um, uh, the Legend of Sleepy Hollow and stuff. But yeah, it, it, there isn't really an awful lot of the films. Um, but I went back and rewatched this one because I, I seem to remember quite enjoying it. But on IMDb, it's got a three point eight, which is shocking. That's impressive. Yeah, but it, it genuinely, like, it isn't a terrible film. Like, it, it's, it's just nothing particularly. Yeah, nothing really stands out about mm. it. Um, and there's it, no big names, I'm assuming, or no, no, no. no re- I, I think the shop uh, owner is the only guy I recognise, and he isn't in it an awful lot. Mm. Um, but the 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 actual the effects and stuff of the headless horseman are really quite good. So I was mm. surprised how much I. How much I appreciated that going back. I mean, it's a it's a really super low budget film, um, but the the headless horseman himself is fairly convincing, and then his head does kind of regrow, so it starts off like kind of meaty tendrils, and then turns up mm. every time he kills someone and drops their head into this well. Effectively, his head grows a bit more. Oh, a bit hellraiser um, sort of like it's reconstituting him, sort yeah. of. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But for a super low budget film, I, I found it pretty well done, really, considering. Um, but yeah, so, so I totally enjoyed it. So Headless Horseman from 2007 is uh, I wouldn't pay a I wouldn't pay a lot for it. But if you see it somewhere. You know, for a few dollars, it's worth picking up. It's, it's an enjoyable hour and a half. It's nice and short and it's. Yeah, if you're into your, if you're if you're fine with low, I think the problem is, as we've said before, I think people watch films like, uh, you know, like the Avengers movies, and then watch a low budget horror and go, oh well, that looked like dog shit. And it's like, well, yeah, it cost next to nothing. <laughs> yeah, you know, made for what people can beg and borrow, really. Um, so it, it's a good film and it's enjoyable, but it, it's it's constraint is that it is. A low budget film, but yeah, it's mm. good. I enjoyed it. So, so what's the, what's the order of, of Headless Horseman movies? Like, what's the best sort of worst out of the three? I, I love Sleepy Hollow, um, which maybe maybe on our list of films to come before we reach. We did have we mentioned it before. We did have a list of films to reach to do before we reached a hundred. 
Um, mm-hmm. but, that, we, but it's now pushing to about 106 or 107 because um, we've put too many films in there. But it, it may be in that list, so we may be covering it in the not too distant future. I would, mm. I would think also the um, it's. I now feel that it's a monster we need to cover, mm. or a tradition we need to cover. Well, you know, when when you've done when you've done the big hitters, when you've done vampires, werewolves, you know, a Frankenstein's mm. zombies, you know, which we haven't done. I don't think actually. What zombies? No. No, I just find them a little. For me, they're my least mm. favourite of this kind of subgenres, and it's yeah. just been done to death. I think it's. But problem. I think I think we need. I think just we at some point, whatever happens, I think we need to uh, expose Christus and Romero dead. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah that does seem like I've it should be there. I'm not the biggest fan, but I mean, yeah, they. They're classics, and if you're going to do zombies, it can't yeah. not be well. See, the trouble is, is, I think to myself, I think to myself because you've got obviously Night of the Living Dead, which, if, which, if anything, because of its copyright issues, is worth knowing because you will just see it in so many other horror films. Mm. People are always watching Night of the Living Dead. Um, but there's also a part of me that thinks we should we should do Land of the Dead just because of. Um, I've been thinking about the fact that Dennis Hopper essentially plays Donald Trump in it. <laughs> At like least before that existed. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, that's a good call. Um, but on that note, saying about Sleepy Hollow then, yeah. possibly for our next film as we are heading into the Halloween season. Yes. Um, yes. A time yeah. for, it's autumnal leaves and time for ghost mm, stories to chill the yeah. very Exactly. Um, yeah. So, so for the next film, we'll announce it now. So for next week, we'll do um, the Sleepy, Sleepy Hollow. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah, I'm up for that. I've seen that in fucking years. I have. No, watch it very. Quickly. I I have to I have to come clean. I didn't came out at the cinema, and I remember liking it, but I don't remember the details. That's it, it's. There's never a worry to return i think i think now chris yeah. you're very much you're a schooled man now yeah. <laughs> yes i think that's the thing as well it'd be interesting to see so going from somebody who didn't really know horror particularly and just picked up on the kind of very mainstream stuff that everyone was watching mm. going from that to somebody who's got a real knowledge of the genre in general and going back and re-watching those films yeah i'd be yeah. interested to see if you have a different take on it, um, yeah. So we can ex- we can explore that next week. Sounds good. Bloody exciting! Um, What's happening this week? But this week, right now, right here, right now, we have just watched Sinister. So, Chris, what did you make of uh, 2012's Sinister? Well. What I will say is it is definitely not a comedy. As <laughs> two two wise people notified me of that fact last week, and it's true. There yeah. is nothing comedic about this. <laughs> now, given that given that little hint, I thought, right, that's it. I'm, I'm taking this one really serious. I'm not drinking anything. 
I'm, I'm going in full on sober. I'm sitting in my dark cupboard. All the lights are off. I'm at the other end of the house. There's no one around. That's it. And I'm going for it. And it, it was it was a serious, that was an experience, right? Now, I can actually say... <laughs> yeah, I know anyone, it was because I definitely watched it with the lights on. <laughs> anyone who wants that, go and get it now. Anyone who hasn't seen this, seriously, like that... Now, wait, I want to say quickly, there, I think, think, and I haven't fully processed it, I think there were a few bits that I'm not sure about that I could criticise, maybe, but just it was so just so well done so much yeah. of it so good that i just didn't even care I, I was like i'm not even gonna try and think about that too much it's like this scene is unbelievable the next scene is unbelievable it's just building and building and i was mm-hmm. like what am i going to be able to handle the next scene this is like i could actually feel it was that sense of this is actual fear starting to appear and that has That's not happened no, no, and, and wait, because the, the so at the very start, I was like, it's Ethan Hawke. Now, I like Ethan Hawke, but is that going to take away from the, you know, is that going to break the spell? And it, it, it didn't. Like, it possibly did, but in a way that made it a bearable film. If, if it had been an unknown actor, I might have actually thought, what, what reality is overtaking me here? Wow. Now, also, I don't know if you know this, but my son looks quite like the boy in this. He's got hair exactly the same length. I noticed it on this one, actually. I was like, crap, it yeah. and, and And I was like, where is it going to take, like, what is he going to do? And, you know, I don't want to spoil it right now, but it's it's right there. It's all on the edge, and it's like, this is going somewhere, and it could be bad. And it, yeah. it is. But, but it wasn't him that was bad. Um, it, but they did get there. You know, his role in it was fantastic. Like, and especially because yeah. even my son's had night terrors, and my daughter. So it's like, yep, I know all about that. That is a very, very worrying thing to deal with at the time because you're like, what is going on? You know, they don't see. And so, yeah, that. Like, in fact, that's what they really did so well in this. I think was the 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 family dynamic during the day where they're arguing and the way that interplays with his writing and what he's going through and he's obviously mm. trying to hide things and they're arguing and they've both got points and it's like they're yeah. both struggling to try and support each other but really finding it difficult um yeah like just so well done yeah. like, unbelievable like the dialogue fantastic you know it's just the shots uh, when it, uh, when it gets dark uh, and you know there's a scene it's really one, horrific like, yeah really horrific just, and the and, and jump scares the, were yeah right the jump scares they built they built for so long for that first jump scare and, and I think and think the first jump scare was a thump I think I wrote that down I'm sure and it was like again they waited for ages for that and yet still didn't overplay it at that point it was like it's still subtle enough but yeah, yeah. where yeah, it was it, going it doesn't it does have jump scares but there's they don't like you say, they haven't really amped up the soundtrack too much on them. No. There's, you know, it's there, and obviously it'll be period of silence. Nice! Yeah. But it's but not in It that... didn't feel tacky at any yeah. point. It no. felt like such a nice build. With like The sound design was fantastic. The, yeah. the music, the different sort of music, and the weird voices, and just, mm. like, unbelievable. 
there is a part of me that thinks I could probably watch this with my eyes closed, but, <laughs> but, but I don't reckon I'd, I don't reckon I'd last. I'd, I'd wimp at some point and throw my eyes. I think, but the I like you say it's weird that this is essentially you've got like it's like a domestic drama, mm, yeah, more yeah. than anything, yeah, like, other than a horror film. Is that's but, the other main component of it? But they and do I both so a, well together. Mm, um, I also forgot how few people are in. Yeah, there. yeah, yeah. For some reason, I just you you just assume a cast of like a bigger yeah. cast or something like that. But it's literally the family mm. and three extraneous characters, and then everything else is like newscasters and things like that. But basically, yeah, it's. It's the family, the sheriff at the beginning and the start, deputy so and so, and the professor from the university. Yeah, and and t- until the very end, when they do show some more, but that yeah, that's it's just the final sort of parts. Yeah, they've, they've got the uh, the younger actors who apparently fucking loved doing this. Did they? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Apparently, they were like really. They apparently they were inconsolable when they finished mm. because oh, they just had such a great time. But also, they apparently when they all first got together, they were like, "So what did you do? Oh yeah, I drowned mine. All oh, right, what, <laughs> yeah. what did you do? I slit their throats. But, yeah, and they were just like really sort of like, this is so cool. This is the best thing we've ever been asked to do. That, <laughs> so. that reminded me the element of the way that he's trying to hide his his career from his children, but obviously it's mm. impossible to do it completely. And the, the way, imagine that, that you find out some of the things. And uh, like I wonder, because I was actually immediately fascinated when I saw it was Ethan Hawke. I was like, okay, well, that's good and bad, but yeah, fine, let's see what happens. And then his first interaction with the sheriff was so good, the way it was like, okay, you've just unveiled exactly what this is about but i'm so mm. fascinated to know what you're going to show like what is the behind the scenes of a true crime writer who's now moved into a house where a crime happened and mm. and the impact of that on the community like it's, mm. that was such a good uh, sort of a premise and yeah the setup was fantastic i was like okay i really want to know and i'm not really into true crime i mean i could say exactly yeah yeah but it just it was like okay this is uh, yeah, I just really want to see what's going to happen, um, and having no idea how it was going to unfold, thinking it was then a true crime story. Of course, yeah, oh, yeah. right, okay. Oh, so, so you weren't sure if it was going supernatural? I, yeah, I had no idea at that point. It was like, right. okay, yeah, this is a true. Okay, fair enough. That's all right. But it's just a called sinister, and the the cover oh, looks yeah. a little more than true crime. Yeah, but I just think they did that so well that it was just not obvious what was going to happen. Yeah, I think I think that's the thing that got me with this film because because it did so well mainstream. Mm. I didn't watch it for ages because I was like, True. it's not well in the mainstream. That means chances are it's probably rubbish. And I know that sounds like a snobby thing to they're, say. They're going to play it exactly safe. the reason I didn't see it for ages. <laughs> And yeah. the person who introduced it to me was former uh, former guest Drew. Mm. I think he got it for me for Christmas or like yeah. a birthday or something like that. And um, 
yeah, that's when I finally put it in, watched it, and I was like, wow, mm. this is actually incredible. It, it, it surpasses a... the sort of group of films that it's of, of the era of. Yeah, mm. you know, I mean, I like Insidious. I actually like, do like like the first Insidious. I've not. I don't. I don't think I've seen any of the others, but the first Insidious is pretty good, and yeah. um, I've not seen any of Paranormal Activity. But that's kind of like they're they're the sort of sinister and Insidious and those and the Purge are probably like well they're all Blumhouse anyway. Yeah. They're all Jason Blum films. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think they're very. Uh, this is something different to those yeah there's just something whether it's what the director's doing what the writer's doing or something but he well i mean fucking hell there you go that's critical there's critical analysis for it <laughs> i don't know if it's what the director's doing or the writer's doing <laughs> but it's doing something and it's done it right if this is your first episode, go and listen to our previous episodes. There's lots of that type of insight throughout. <laughs> but um, the the director, Scott Derrickson, did um, Doctor Strange. Mm. Um, Hellraiser Inferno. Oh, which we've mentioned before. Is a, yeah, I've which is, haven't seen, but it's supposed to be really the good. Film noir detective one. Yeah. Mm. So, again you know, is in that same sort of area or anything. And the exorcism of Emily Rose. Mm. Oh, and the... the, oh, the yeah. exorcism of Emily Rose. I've got... I saw it at the cinema. I think yeah, I'm sure I, I saw, saw it with parents, you. Even. Um, but yeah, I quite enjoyed that, as I remember. Yeah, it, was, it was okay. Um, and he did the uh, Day the Earth Stood Still remake. And, oh, okay. And up, uh, he's got an upcoming film, Bermuda. Which is a mm. Bermuda Triangle film. We ain't had one of them for a fucking while. No, we haven't. See, so that's funny. Like... I, I wouldn't rush towards that. As I know what you mean. I'm just, I'm just, but... It's just a terrible sense of nostalgia I've got because mm. it's like every other week in the 80s, there would be shown Something. a Bermuda Triangle like film made for TV movie from the 70s in America. <laughs> And that but the question be... is, what route are they going to go down? Is it going to mm. be another dimension? Is it going to be aliens? Is it going to be like... And that's that's the thing with stuff like that, like that's based on real life because, say real life, quote unquote, but because there's no actual explanation as to why it's quite as mental as it is, supposedly, mm. you don't know what, what line that film's going to take. So like it might go with... Oh well, you know that's where aliens abduct people from, or mm. it might go for uh, well, that's where you cross into another dim dimension. So that film could be literally anything. You have no yeah. idea. Well, I, and I like it. And having having rewatched Sinister, I'm very much in a mood where yeah, I'll give it a whirl. I absolutely would watch yeah, yeah. anything that yeah. he does. Yeah, yeah. Well, but, really good at the moment. But and also, so because that did make me think what you were just saying there about. What angle are they going to take supernatural or aliens? And then, and that, and very, the very first bit where it started to go supernatural in this, I, I did have a slight disappointment because I felt like they'd done such a good job of making it feel like I'm watching something, you know, almost real. Um, mm. And then it was like, oh, I feel like I don't like trying to blend the two like that. Um, but yeah, no, absolutely, he he just pulled it off. I think that's I think that's the point with it really is that you 
it gives you enough of everyone that you know you you're in the situation. Mm, yeah, and I mean, he's not. <laughs> I can only call him Ethan Hawke, I suppose, but um, he's oh, he's, not, yeah. he's not the he's not that likable, and he. Mm, do you know what mm, I mean? It's mm. like yeah, but you do you have bullshitted your misses and you have yeah. uprooted everyone. But, and... but but wait no so so the only thing that like how difficult if if you really you know you found something that you're potentially good at but it requires that level of antisocial um, commitment so it's like and you know your wife hates it really but she is trying to support you and obviously you do both want the money because they they do bring that in when he's watching the interview and he's like you know when he gets into the idea oh, I really want a family I, and I didn't I expect this that, that yeah kind of idea that like. He'd done so well and almost yeah. such greatness and didn't quite. Just, yeah. And he's kind of hanging on to it. Just got to do that. Yeah. That little bit more. And the fact that she's the same and she's like, no, no, I totally support she, you. Mm. And then when she pushes her, she's like, but if you fuck this up, I'm going yeah. to fuck off and you're never going to see us again. Like, yeah. That is that kind of pressure that, yeah, yeah. put on him. So, yeah, you you do kind of feel for him because he's like, I'm, I'm, I'm that close. I've been that close, and now I feel I'm actually going to do it. But am I really going to put everything on the line when she gives him that kind of an ultimatum? Mm. Like it's, it's, like, it's also there's one bit where, and I think I think it's I think I think she says to him, but there's just one bit where she just goes, oh, it's like essentially, are you sure you just didn't peak with that book? Mm, yeah. yeah, like try and be realistic about it. You had a big hit. Yeah, is that what you're now known for? Mm. And you can kind, of, but so it's like, but so there is a bit of like it's the arrogance of it in a weird way, where it's like, look, this is all going to fucking hell in a handcart, but potentially I've found like this series of murders that no one's noticed is connected, and it's like. You know, mm. it's going to be because because clearly that when they talk, when him and the sheriff are talking, because the big hit is apparently Kentucky Blood. Mm-hmm. They yeah. they all sound right as well, which I really like. Yeah, yeah. Kentucky Blood just yeah, just abstract enough that it'd be like, mm-hmm. and but yeah, but it's obviously he's also like turned the case round or something like that, or he's you know he found something found, that the you know, police had missed. That, yeah. yeah and so the police don't exactly particularly like him. And then, yeah. because then he says to him, it's like, yeah, but uh, Cold Denver Morning, which is the book he did afterwards. And, appa- and again, it's all implied, but basically you get the impression. So he tried the same thing mm. and fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it feels all... so real. Like, yeah. It feels like. Oh, right. So the police only, you know, they're limited on the amount of time they can spend on this. If yeah. I spend three years, I can probably pick something new up. You yeah. do it on a whim the first time and it works and you go, right, <laughs> that's my niche. Yeah, yeah you think you're the investigator. Yeah. And totally just misfire. Like, it, it feels so genuine. But, and, and even, like, his relationship with Deputy so-and-so, where... It starts off and he's obviously like he's got his ego and he's like, Oh yeah, you know, you're not he's thinking you're not really gonna help me. And then 
deputy saying, oh, look, you know, I know a bit about criminology. I studied this and that. And then they start to form the relationship. And then it starts to turn where, obviously, as things are happening, it's like, well, yeah. now I sort of need you as a, you know, a friend. It, yeah. And, yeah. It's that thing of he obviously just thinks, well, you'll be quite a good gopher. Yeah. yeah. Mm. And then actually it's like, shit, it, this is, yeah. you know, he really Things does contribute. And that's when he sort of draws him in. Yeah. I also love the fact there's they mentioned the they mention another book which I'm assuming is the one that comes after Cold Denver Morning, and it's called Blood Diner, mm. and I'm like yeah. So the second book was marred in controversy. It fucked up. You were in disgrace. The third book, fuck it. We're just going for broke. We call it Blood Diner, and it, all the gore hounds will be in. Yeah, mm-hmm. do you know what I mean? It's sort of, it's quite nice that you've gone down that sort of list of classy true crime titles to bludgeoned or like <laughs> yeah. I love like everything about it feels genuine it does yeah. feel like someone yeah who... it could it could go this way you think yeah, yeah. Mm. and it just feels so abs- and, and, and that's the thing with the second one as well so um so I mentioned earlier so Jennifer and I watched the second sinister film mm. um which obviously everybody Spoiler alert, turn off now. If you haven't seen Sinister, go and watch it. We're definitely selling it. Um, yes, yeah, scrap this, this, this is the point this, where just... we can only talk about it by spoiling yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. No, nobody from the first film makes it through the family-wise to mm. the next film. Oh, wait, um, what, one of them does. Possibly. Well, yeah, I don't know yeah. that. But... No, so the, so the cop from the first, mm. yeah, so do we say deputy so-and-so? That's do actually we... what... In, Does it on the, first film, that? He's, on the first film, he's credited as deputy, mm. but in the second film, he is credited as deputy so and so. He doesn't get a character name, but yeah. So basically, he works out as he does at the end of the first film. Mm. Look, it, it it doesn't happen while you're in the house. It happens once you move away. So what he goes on a mission of is going and burning down the second houses. So once mm. somebody, ah, right, once okay. the murders have happened, he burns that house down so that nobody can move into it and then move into the next house along the line, effectively. Mm. Mm. Um, yeah, but he turns up in a house where he's been following the pattern and there's somebody already in it and he's kind of stuck and then things unravel so he can't make them, like... He can't hold them in that house. They need to go, but he can't hold it. Yeah, it. Mm-hmm. it but it, it genuinely, it's a really good film. And he, he's, he's a, I know he's only a secondary character in the first one, um, but he does play a very strong role. Mm. But he is definitely good enough to hold the second movie. Like, mm. I, if the first movie is a ninety percent, then the second is an eighty percent. Like it, it's That's that good. Like it, yeah. I was oh. totally blown away by it. Jennifer mm. agreed to watch part of it. She was like, second film's always shit." So like, mm. I'm not really gonna go with it. She said, "But if you want to watch it, we'll put it on. I'll give it fifteen minutes, half an hour, and then I'll go and do something else." Yeah, and she sat right through to the end because it, mm. it genuinely is a really, a really good film. Yeah, but well, good. it doesn't have to set up the story. It kicks in from minute one. <laughs> well, so also, it, also, I quite like the idea that they've decided, they haven't decided we'll try and pull the same trick. 
there it's like right no this is just a genuine continuation of the story yeah like mm. like um a bit like say something like hellraiser 2 mm. yeah you know where they are all i mean hellraiser 2 is almost an immediate what happened next yeah, and you I know prefer, where you are for that i yeah. prefer that that they sort of go in mm. you know it's now in universe people you know someone knows what is going on blah blah, blah. yeah yeah, and it, it's totally that. And that's why it works, because it's like, right, you know how the pattern works, you know what needs to happen, so here are the characters. And what can you do about it? Yeah. So you see um, uh, Begal and the the ghosts of the previous children, you see all of those before the title sequence has ended. Like, it's mm. full on from stage one. Um <laughs> But yeah, then it's got enough twists and turns to keep it interesting. Yeah, so I, I'd say this film is, yeah, is a, it is a, I wouldn't want to say a modern classic, but it is a really strong film mm. and really effective. And if this film works for you, definitely watch the second one because it's a, a rare occurrence where the second one is genuinely almost as good as the first. Yes, yeah, it's, mm -hmm. it's weird. I know exactly what you mean. I'm, I'm, I almost want to go to like classic, modern classic, or whatever like that. Mm. But I can, I can only go up to as far as just really, really, really fucking good. <laughs> I think, and I don't, they, I don't, they, I don't they, understand why. I think it's just you know. But there's, there's, some, there's, there's so many. But they just did so much right in it. I was just thinking, you know, where is it going to go wrong, really? But it's, it was just so. I think, you know, the backstory all holds up. Like, like he, as you said about him being a writer and he had a hit, and then he's stepped it up while having to step down his house because he's now they're struggling for money, so they've got to move mm -hmm. out of their big house. They're trying to sell and that. You see the house at the end as well when they move yeah, back to yeah. it, and you're like, yeah, yeah. yeah. fucking mess. They yeah. explain it no, all, and it it's fits. obviously like yeah, you've just gone ape shit yeah. with your Kentucky but, blood, but money, that also it's gone a bit but, shit. But the flip side is that he that's good for him because he's like, well, we are actually moving into this house where a, a crime actually happened, not just nearby. And then he's got to lie to his wife. Like, it all just connects perfectly, you know, and, and it's, it's legitimate while he still has to hide it from her. Um, yeah. I kind of said that with to Jennifer because when we were watching it, uh, yeah, for this, and it's like, okay, so you've had to downsize your house. Mm. And it's like the house they've moved into is massive, and he's drinking fifty dollar yeah. bottle yeah. whiskey on a, a nightly basis, and he seems mm. to be smashing through it. And I was like, they can't be that poor. And then when you see the previous house, yeah, you're like, yeah, no, that's a mansion. Yeah, they're on like, their way down ridiculous. because yeah. because he hasn't managed in the last ten years to do anything as close to what he did. So yeah, like it, it's all you know, that's a watertight it's story. Relevant, yeah, yeah. And then and that's also, why they're in this stressful situation. And again, that could be explaining what's going on. You know, throughout, it's not clear what he's imagining because the way it's done, it's like, well, that could be. Well, he he never actually. I mean, he hears things. Yeah, he certainly mm. never sees. Well, I mean, well, once I, he starts I, to see the face, though, of the of, he starts like, seeing the face, all... but he doesn't see like the, there's bits where the spirit children sort of yeah like, yeah dance well, yeah. So stuff. so wait that that scene where he first sees Stephanie and she stares at him from just behind him, like that had built up 
so perfectly and I was like whoa and the the length of time that they keep it there mm. was okay yeah that worked so well like yeah. with the children parts that was just perfect for me I was like oh you know what's going on Where, where's the light switch quick <laughs> it is as I say I, the first time I watched this I watched it on my own in the dark mm-hmm. Jennifer was out for the evening I watched it I watched I think possibly an hour of it, and I had mm. to go and replenish my beer. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and I did put the lights on on, on the way down the hallway. As a complete non-believer, don't yeah. believe things supernatural, I still put the lights on in the hallway because just something about it that's it so disconcerting. Yeah, um, and you just can't quite shake it. It's a, it's a pity they didn't they'd used the title Insidious first because mm. I think it suits this yeah. film better. I, I did have that word in my mind, although I think sinister is still a good word for it. Sinister is just a bit too sort of basic, insidious. But, has but, a in, bit more... but in a way, I sort of thought that. So that's why sinister. It made me think. Okay, it is a true crime. It's not more than that. Yeah. It was like okay, yeah, that fits, and it's it's not going to go too crazy, you know. Mm. But so in a way, it was sort of a false. I think that was why it caught me off guard. Yeah. There is such a, as you say. Like a catch-all mm. generic term, I was like, "Well, this is going to be a catch-all generic film." Yeah, it's made by a, you know, a biggish uh, a production company. Mm. Everyone's watched it, and everyone's making a fuss about it. I was like, "Well, it, it's there's going to be nothing special to it at all." Like, yeah. And then I watched it and went, "Yeah, no, that, <laughs> okay. that, that hit me." As, I say, as somebody who doesn't get scared. Mm-hmm. by horror films this is probably one of the closest i've come for a long time like mm. the fact that i had to put a light on in my house yeah. is something that i've not yeah. done in 30 no, it, years. it works <laughs> definitely yeah. purely yeah. and simply as a horror film it fucking works because it unnerves you mm. and i mean i think we need to i think we need to say obviously because it's uh blumhouse uh, production and although they do other stuff mostly like their horror stuff is the is the stuff they're that they're making their money on yeah mm. you know that's the, that's their really successful stuff um and it's the founder jason blum has 167 production credits Blimey. and i'm gonna <clears throat> i'll clear my throat because this is this is just ones that I thought were relevant to the podcast hmm. of Blumhouse Productions. Paranormal Activity one to six, Insidious one to four, Sinister one and two, uh, The Bay, Dark Skies, Lords of Salem, The Purge one to four, Oculus, The Town That Dreaded Sundown, Meta Remake, uh, Ouija one and two, Jezebel Unfriended one and two, Creep one and two, The Visit, The Great Inferno, The Martyrs Remake. Uh, viral split, get out, the Belco experiment, Whiplash, Black Klansman, uh, Halloween uh, 2018, uh, Glass, Happy Death Day to you, like one and two, uh, Amityville, The Awakening, Truth or Dare, Upgrade, Mar, Black Christmas, The Hunt, and that recent uh, The Invisible Man. Bloody Nora. Mm. See, now that is a busy. solid yeah. resume of good films. And Jason Blum is also one of the producers of Us, although Us isn't mm. a um, uh, isn't a Blumhouse. But I mean, 
Yeah. And, and nor should it be because there's shit. so but. many. There's so, but there's that's the thing is there's like a lot of there's a lot of stuff there that's really successful. Is that passed on it? That mean, he agreed that it was a piece of shit and he passed on that movie. I'd be keen I, to know. I don't know. You'd have to you'd have to ask him that. We'll get him on the line. We'll get him up. Get, Can you invite him on Discord? Go and yeah. Google. Find him. Yeah. And oh, did you you said glass? Glass, yeah. Because I've seen that um in now TV a couple of times and I thought it looks interesting. But so it's got like Samuel Jackson, James McAvoy, Bruce Willis. Yeah. But yeah. you need to it's it's you a sequel. Just the films ah, yeah. What so wait, what's the previous one? So there's the film Unbreakable. Right, spoilers for people, mm. and include you in this slightly, Chris, but I'm, you're gonna know now. Um so the, have you seen M. Night Shalaman's uh Unbreakable? No. Bruce Willis, right? Yeah. Basically, basically, it's um, a good, it's a good film. Okay. film. It's a fucking great film. <laughs> and basically, it's just prior to all the superhero movies kicking off. Mm. It's kind of a movie about a man who discovers he's a superhero. Okay. Um, like he has superhero powers and the ability to spot wrongs, basically. Mm. Um, but he is. He's discovered by a man who calls himself Mr. Glass, who is Samuel L. Jackson. And basically, he sets the whole thing up that he eventually is the villain. Mm. So it's like you've got Bruce Willis's character and then Mr. Glass, who would be like his Joker or his Penguin or whatever like that. Then nothing more about that film. I don't think it did that well. I think it uh-huh. sort of did moderately well, but it wasn't like Six Sense or one of the real mm. big ones that he had. Then they do a film called Split, and at the end of Split, which we sh- which we could legitimately could cover on here because James McAvoy in that yeah. became one of my favourite actors of yeah. all time. He mm. smashed the shit out of that role. He's a great film, but that suddenly at the end links to Unbreakable. Okay. And you see Bruce Will right at the end of it is just Bruce Willis sees a news story regarding what happens in Split. And everyone uh, it was quite a it was a big thing at the uh, for a while because it was like, oh he has done a twist in this one, but fucking yeah. hell, I didn't see that one coming. And then <laughs> and then it was like, yeah, basically the twist is that it's actually this a kind of origin sequel mm. to <laughs> Unbreakable, but you just didn't know that. Mm. And then Glass, which I have not seen, is it all coming to a head? Glass is the okay. two together, and it, it, it's um. a really good film. Yeah, I, I, it's well worth watching. But you need. See, to... I want to watch it, but I'm not that. I, I've heard so much about people. Where people are, yes, yeah, okay, but I yeah. really fucking enjoyed Split, and I really fucking enjoyed Unbreakable. Mm. And it's yeah. like, <clears throat> yeah, like Glass. Glass is. It is a good film, um, but, but the prim- the premise looks interesting. I think the problem is that the the um, uh, the uh, switching it so that the two are connected so mm. massively out of the blue mm. kind of is always going to overshadow. Yeah, I anything. think that's probably what it is, and I think that's everyone, the problem. at that point everyone knows what they're going in for. Mm. Yeah, which they don't with. The first two, essentially, yeah. really. Yeah. yeah, that's probably what it is. 
Um, on the true crime thing, though, um, uh, what's his, uh, Ethan Hawke's character, Ellison? And I thought that was interesting because he's named after the sci-fi author Harlan Ellison, who is fantastic and people should read him. He's brilliant. Uh, and the comedian Patton Oswalt, who was mm. in um, Bro Party Massacre. Yes, he was. For three. <laughs> Love Patton Oswalt. Yeah, he, was, he was the chief of police uh-huh. in Bro Party Massacre. <laughs> but, and this, is, and this is the weird bit, uh, Patton Oswalt's wife, uh, Michelle McNamara was a true crime author and she created a website called uh, True Crime Diary, which mm. was like a big, big, like a really big sort of like hit in the true crime community. And she was heavily involved in research on the Golden State Killer, aka Original Night Stalker, aka East Area Rapist, aka various other names, because he committed so many fucking crimes that they initially thought it was like about three different people. Mm. Wow. Um, and she wrote a lot of articles about that and was marrying up casework because DNA profiling started, because these were all cases from like the 70s and 80s. Yeah. And DNA profiling is what matched them all to say definitively mm. they were the work of one man. Wow. And, and she, and yeah, so, and she was the one who really coined the term Golden State Killer because it was the only one that encompassed everything that this guy was, was doing. Um, and um, she was uh, she was finishing her she was finishing her book on the case. I'll be gone in the dark, which I think has just been adapted for like it's a documentary series at the moment um, mm. on on this. Um, but then she died of an accidental overgrowth uh, overdose of prescription medicines mm. in uh, twenty sixteen. And then, so yeah, and then the book was posthumously published in February 2018 and then literally two months later they found the Golden State Killer. Oh my god. It's a really I I you know it's just it's so torpid oh, and horrible god. horrible that it's like but um and he he was the one who was discovered because basically someone's uh, someone had sent off to like a DNA profiling thing. Mm. Oh I've yeah, yeah, like a, yeah, one of those family tree jobs, genealogy sort of things, but with yeah. like DNA, and also they can do like ancestry dot com that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, and um, yeah, basically they have they collect a database, and the database matched someone in this person's family, and that's how they found him, Joseph James D'Angelo. Mm. who was finally named as the killer. But it was like, yeah, she'd spent all this time and like literally the book, I remember the thing because it was like the book came out and everyone was like, oh, this is like a masterpiece of true crime fiction. And it's like, you know, here's here's the case set out and what could be the case or whatever like that. And uh, yeah, two months later, they find him. Mm. And it's like, and these, and these crimes had not been solved since like they're, I think they date, they might even date back to the late 60s. And yeah, within two months they find him, and it's just yeah. So I just found that a bit weird and ironic, and uh, uh-huh. yeah, no, absolutely, possibly dropping the tone. It has to be seen. Um, well, and, that, um, that always sounds funny though, like um, an accidental overdose of prescription medicine. Yeah. I I think it was I think it was basically took too many sleeping pills, but not in a 
yeah. suicidal way. Yeah. But but like just or like had taken stuff that reacted badly. Mm. Like a painkiller with a sleeping tablet or something like that. So it's like yeah. yeah. I think that's the problem as well. It's it's very like you do kind of think when people have quote unquote accidental overdoses, you do just think the worst. But it's very easy to do. So like I know Jennifer had um, a, a kind of just out of the blue nerve trap mm. in her shoulder. Yeah, oh, like, no. you didn't sleep for a fortnight. Like, how can you not sleep for a fortnight? Yeah. Like, and, and they kept giving her different, like they gave her diazepam and they gave her lots of other, you know, like quite strong drugs. Mm. Uh, I suppose if you, you, you could get in such a bad way, you're not sleeping, you've got all different sorts of things you've, <laughs> you just do whatever. So it's yeah. like taking those, and then she have a few yeah. gin because it was the only thing to the edge off. And yeah. yeah, like it's it's very easy, and, and it sounds like you you know you do think a bit like Elvis. You're like, well, you know, no, you El- Elvis, Elvis, that wasn't prescript. That wasn't prescription. Forget all the prescriptions. That was a doctor just... basically prescribed him speed, but I don't, don't think that counts in the same way. Forget no. speed, just you go know. for crack. But yeah, uh, like, to you, quote you the day to day, the uh, uh, what is it? Uh, do you think this is disrespectful to the memory of Elvis Presley? No, ma'am. King did that himself by dying on the john in a big nappy. <laughs> but yeah, like you do, kind of think that you know. Oh, well, if you overdose on a prescription drug, then you you know you are just a, a drug abuser or whatever. But like mm. it's very easy, I think, for a lot of people to be trapped in that. Like you know that you. The, the doctor doesn't know what's wrong with you, so they give you lots of stuff. And before yeah. you know who you are, you're mixing things, and you know it isn't intentional. So, mm. yeah, I, I must think... admit that made me think. Um, just a warning to everyone: if you have heart issues, don't watch this film. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I, 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 could, crack, I, I? I could feel I my heart. Say, I was going to say, if we can move on from the speculation around a tragic death. Um, <laughs> <laughs> And and back to the oh. film about kids killing their families. Yeah, it's so much more heartwarming. <laughs> it's it's uplifting. Um, well, speaking of uplifting, uh, the original stunt arranger got the sack because mm. when they filmed the hanging, he fucked something up Ooh. and hung three stuntmen. No, he kill them, but that no, went, but they that, were yeah, hanging. The, I don't think it's. I'm assuming it's not the one in the film. They didn't use that, that nowadays. Footage, no. I don't think they even. <laughs> Be able to use that footage. Yeah. Um, Only a few men were harmed during the filming of this. Yeah, but we did garrot for something. So you know, is so. I mean, there's a lot of worrying shit that goes on with these. Yeah. And it's apparently like the guy who played um, uh, Bagul. Mm. Um. When they were doing like the sequence, he, he's a uh, he's a stuntman, and when they were filming the pool sequence where he's underwater, he had to basically weight himself down, but also wait for the bubbles to stop. But they were filming it on that old like Super Eight film, yeah. So mm. they had to check all the light meters and everything, and so before they oh, could start running, yeah, so it was yeah. under their fucking ages. And uh, yeah, by the sounds of it, I don't think anyone had a fun time filming any of the the sort of the the, the film sequences those uh, film sequences are so harrowing and that's, yes. that's the thing that really got me when i watched it like the the story arc itself is 
phenomenal and i really mm. enjoyed it um but yeah it was that it was the the sequences yeah that really really hit you um, they are yeah apparently horrific and it's the same with the second one as well actually the film mm. sequences in the next one are just as good like they're just as harrowing and just as kind of out of nowhere i think they've even followed the same technique of scoring them with like other like found music essentially like well they make that part of the story actually is um so in the second one it's it's um it's an art form so the idea is that the curse is forwarded through art oh, so right, regardless right. of whether it's video or sound it's forwarded so it's like a whole number station oh, right, okay. know about number stations yeah um, that's how know they about them. Have you seen my fifty, <laughs> my fifty disc box set? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I tell you what, I used to. It's a wonder I haven't killed someone. I was going up and down on trains listening to that. <laughs> Just like four and five, four and five, seven, eight, seven, eight, three, and yeah. We and trying to explain to somebody the concept of number stations is. Uh, mm. I think it's because everything's because you like radios are all digital, so you don't get that sort of bandwidth sweep thing yeah. that you used to do where you would just get random shit or like the police or something like that, or a mini cab service or something. It's just if you swept through the <laughs> like the AM radio, but though uh, apparently they also um they filmed those sequences and uh didn't show them to uh. Ethan Hawke until he was like they filmed his reaction in character. Oh, really? Yeah. So the so his reactions are him seeing those films for the first time. Mm. Which is again, which is just interesting. I tell you what, as well, and they're all pretty. They're all they're all so fucking well done. They're incredible. They they yeah. are really really sort of like just miniature little snuff movies. Yeah. Yes. But I tell you what, and it's this is a sentence I didn't think I'd say. A lawnmower to the face is usually mm. funny. Not in this. No. Because it just comes out of nowhere. Yeah. The person's tied to the fucking lawn. And it's like, and it's just that. It's just, just done so well. Yeah. Yeah. It was the one I got this time. Like, and I knew it was coming. Really, mm. I knew what was going to happen. And it's yeah. still man. But it was a pain with Jennifer. So Jennifer had seen it before and she knew that the closing scene had that jump scare. Yeah. And yeah. literally sat with her hands over yeah. her face. And it got to the point where she'd been sitting with her hands over her face for so long <laughs> that she thought it wasn't going to happen. And as she dropped her hands, it hammered. Oh, and it's but but they're not cheap jump scares. That's that's what no. with this. Cheap jump scares are Editing tricks that 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 are they are cheap and they're shit and anybody can do them and it doesn't work. Or but, they are false scares. They're cats jumping out of cupboards. Yeah. Mm. So yeah, the fact that these are genuine, these are genuinely the horrific moments. They're not pretend bits or a phone didn't ring really yeah. fucking absurdly loudly or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> you know, they are genuinely yeah. They're in context scares. Yeah, it sounds fucking weird, but there you go. 
they just um, everything about this just works so well as we've said you know it's it, it's a really solid film and you know all the performances and everything just work to such a degree and everybody's performances are believable like they're the family dynamic the dynamic with the people from outside mm. yeah just everything about this is has just been so well formulated that it just it works again not sort of again sort of for some reason not saying modern classic but it does kind of remind me of Nigel Neal mm. like it's like one of his scripts it's like the stone tape yeah or something mm. like that it really you know or if you get the opportunity to watch like beast like his um anthology series he did which is kind of like a sort of a harsher tales of the unexpected essentially um but yeah it has that sort of a feel to it and but with the the thing i love with it i mean obviously i the whole reason we watched it now was because we was talking about christopher young uh the composer on drag me mm. to hell yeah uh, who's also previously done uh did hellraiser like the big big theme on hellraiser like yeah huge orchestral things this apparently was his first all electronic score mm. and it's like it i mean it's so much of it it sort of borders into sound design and yeah yeah, yeah. but i have to say one of the smartest things feels to me is that all the the movies have their own things of and their like electronic music that's already been created. Hmm. They weren't created for the film, so you've got like over um, someone. Two, I mean, I discovered Agast Manor hmm. uh, because of Sinister, because they that's like one of the. Um, that's one of the tracks on there, and there's Sun O and Boris, uh, Boards of Canada, which is that end music as well. But also, I, for I forgot that it comes into it when he decides to, um, like pack up and go, hmm. and it's just that, dum, 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 yeah, and it's just metronomic sort of. The music is absolutely incredible. I mean, over are a band worth mentioning as well, so. Mm. So Ulva are uh, are they Norwegian? They are Norwegian, yeah. Is um, um Ulva, Ulva uh, I think just means wolves. Yeah. Wolves. <laughs> but but Ulva have done uh, they've done so many albums. Uh, mm. but, uh, as a as a black metal fan, yeah, they've done I think they did two black metal albums. But they yeah, there's like the third one's kind of the crossed out one sort of thing. But they're exceptional. Like, for, as a black metal fan, they are held right up there in the echelons of classic albums. And for them, yeah. So, yeah, we did a couple of black metal albums, but then we did loads of folk albums, and then we did some weird shit. But, like, the, their black metal stuff is so on point, it, it mm. holds up with true black metal. Like, it's... Well, that, that was another thing. I mean, that sort of bleeds across where they... Because they found the design of uh, the uh, Boogle, Boogle, mm -hmm. um, or Mister Boogie that they keep calling him, but I think that's yeah. Shit. Um, they talked about that in the second one as well. Yeah, and I can't get on with that really. But 
apparently they just uh, they ended up putting what was it? They just searched horror in Flickr, like the app. Mm. So yeah. they just it, and they just went through that until they found an image they quite like called Natalie, mm. that was the the image. Um, mm. But one of the attractions was that black metal thing because it kind of looks a bit like corpse paint. Yeah. Um, yeah. But originally they were. But I'm glad they didn't do this because originally they were thinking that he should look like Willy Wonka. But then I think mm. is that because it's like the Pied Piper. Yeah. Like, like it's taking yeah. the kids away. Yeah, something that would interest children. Yeah. So mm. I think they. So I, I think they made the right call there. Because they did definitely. No. Oh well, yeah, I'd I'd let him off, Mister Boogie, because it's the children writing it. I suppose that's true. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a bit. I, I do like the name Bog, Bogle. Is it Bogle? Bogle, yeah. Bogle. Um, apparently, apparently, it's in an Indian dialect. Uh, mm. Bogle means bogeyman. Mm. I don't know. Um, and uh, where was it? Apparently, because uh, he's not obviously he's not a real creation. Uh, so, fuck's sake! He's not a real myth. Out, so he was created for the film. Okay, um, but um, it, wait. So that is strange, because um, or possibly because I thought as a reference to the uh, computer game that me and Lee have played, Eve Online. They have a ship in there called the Balgorn, and it drains the life from other ships. So it's and the history of it is. As a like soul eater. Oh right, okay. But so that might know. be yeah, that might be within within Eve's Eve's mythology. Yeah. Eve's mythology. But did what did you think of that, Lee? The Balgorn in Eve Online is the history of it is as a soul eater. I think it yeah. might be, or or child devourer and it and its function is to drain the energy of other ships. I wonder yeah. if that's, I wonder if that's come either from Sinister or Sinister's. Would, would the that. game came out in two thousand three, and the film? I well, think there was... you go. Yeah, because it's back all because uh, he is called the Eater, uh, Devourer of Children. Yeah, and they do have a very Eve Online does have a very horror based yeah. film. Yeah. You know, like the Nosferatu. It is dark yeah. and sinister. Yeah, so yeah. It's, um, uh, I've got the... bad news for you though, Lee. Doctor Who beat you too. That nineteen eighty seven, they had a shit all the Nosferatu. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Eva taken from there, mate. <laughs> the Nosferatu is um is a, a basic uh, thing you can fit to your ship that drains the energy from another ship. Mm. Oh right. So, so your ship has got um has got a, a, a basically a battery in it. Yeah, and if you fit a basic Nosferatu, you can just drain the energy from another ship so that you leave it dead in the water, effectively, mm, and right. just knock the shit out of it. Um, but yeah, so but I assume from that that this was a, a sort of known myth, but, but you say no, it's not. As I say, I mean, they've kind of, basically, they've they've sort of constructed it for this, or certainly, mm. then, you know, there's not a, a real sort of precedent of it. Um, but on the... Uh, website, they had like a sort of a made-up document of about Bagul saying that mm. he was um, a relation to a, a genuine uh, mythological character uh, to Moloch, the uh, Canaanite deity mm. uh, who's mentioned in biblical sources and um, is uh, uh, child sacrifices are made to appease Moloch. 
Okay. Um, I believe that that's also who um, Alex Jones believes that they worship at Bohemian Grove, like the Bilderberg group. Oh, okay. But, but there we go. I mean, yeah. So it's Alex Jones. So uh, yeah, exactly. Um, but Bohemian Grove is, a, is yeah, obviously is a real thing in the cremation. Oh yeah, right. and all that. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's, it's Moloch who they're sacrificing children to. Um, but yeah, and on this thing, they said that basically Bagul tried to muscle in on some of this old child sacrifice action, and Moloch sealed his mouth with ashes, and that's what the sort of explosion Joker face, sort of uh, black lippy look is. Oh, okay. But also, also like I say, they they were quite into it because of it looking a bit corpse painty as well. So, painty. I do make a note of that actually. It looks, yeah, it, it's got that black metal mm. look to it, which yeah, feeding yeah. back to like over and stuff like that. The... And, and that's the thing with this, like, I, I think that was why it worked for me. Like, as I say, like, it, it kind of caught me off guard because I thought it was just going to be another, you know, a run of the mill mm. mainstream horror film. Yeah, and there's just something about that character that's just sinister as fuck. And I think, I think that seventies kind of cine film look definitely helps mm. with that. Yeah, actually, um, and I think I don't know. Funnily enough, basically, this is my excuse to say, have you seen the trailer for June? The new June that's coming out. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. Maybe five or six times. Yeah, <laughs> um, and obviously they've got. Uh, Pink Floyd track on there. It sounds in, it, it's terrible because it is that very um, formulaic. Let's mm. take a, a a song that's popular. Yeah, we'll get someone of the opposite sex to sing it. We'll slow it down. Yeah, and that works for every trailer that's come out in the last five years. But it really works. It, it really works because okay. I think I think it's Hans Zimmer's done done that as well mm. so i don't know if that's actually going to be part of the thing but it made me think because uh alejandro you're alejandro Jodrowski was going to make june quite famously yeah. did you watch the documentary after all Lee? no i still um, haven't watched the original or the documentary but i'm uh, hopefully going to watch them both tomorrow oh uh, brilliant get, but, get on um, that um but yeah one of the things he was going to do was because obviously you've got um, like the two different houses. You've got uh, the Harkonnen and the Atreides. And Jodorowsky had this idea where he was going to have um, the Harkonnen's planet designed by Giga. Mm. And someone entirely different was going to do House Atreides so that they would look completely different. But he yeah. was going to also score them with two different bands. He wanted to get Pink mm -hmm. Floyd to score Atreides and the French prog band Magma to do yeah. uh, the Harkonnens. Mm. And I wonder, is there something to be said for that's another thing that works with those little film segments? Is that choice of it's like, right, we have an overall sound design for this and an overall composer for this. But for just these segments, you get someone entirely different's mind. Yeah. It would give such a involved. different feel to it. Yeah. 
Like yeah, so genuine that everything's like, mm. and like you say, you've got the film quality, like the the old film stock quality and everything else like that, that creates the separation as well. Mm. And the second film has the same as well. It, it's got that. I don't know if that's also Sunno. I should have. Uh, no, but apparently they have gone and got another load of uh, sort of stuff from similar, like dark ambient bands and things like that. There was one. Weirdly enough, there was a band I got into just because I read they were on the Sinister Two soundtrack. Mm-hmm. I hadn't even seen the film, but I got into the I got into them uh, because of that. But yeah, I'm going to have to give Sinister Two a go then. I reckon. Yeah, oh, it's really got to be done. Yeah. Like it, it, as a as a sequel goes, it's really solid. It's mm. really good. It's it works perfectly. It's got the same kind of misdirection at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then it's got it. it, it yeah. It, it works really well. It's a fantastic film. Uh, it's beautifully shot. Everyone in it's fantastic. Mm. All the actors are, are, are really good. Yeah, the sound design's phenomenal. Mm. Uh, yeah, it totally works. But, as I say, it doesn't have the initial build-up because you know, you know yeah. the world that you're stepping into. So it kicks straight in with it and doesn't mess around and goes straight into... The yeah. kind of parallel, I suppose it's kind of parallel universe. Um, yeah, mm. where, where it's kind of blending the two. Yeah, it's it's really really good. I, mm. I was surprised. Is it generally if you watch a film and it's amazing, and then they've got a sequel, you can kind of take it back by forty percent, maybe. Yeah. If it's a, if it's a good sequel, you can take it back by forty percent. Yeah, this doesn't have that at all. It it totally flows from one to the other. A bit um Garden is it the galaxy. Like if you enjoyed the mm. first one, the second one is equally as good. And it's, yeah. it's not that that same level. So Empire yeah. Strikes Back. It, well, uh, Empire that, Strikes Back is yeah, it might be a touchy subject. Oh yeah. that could be a hint as to some but, yeah. It's definitely well worth checking out. It's it's a fantastic film. It's well worth spending your time on, and it's an unusual again for for a film that's so mainstream. You kind of just assume it's just a cash in, and they've just yeah. tried, you know they're trying to make their money back. But genuinely, it's a really good film. Mm. Well, I think it's also that thing if you've enjoyed, if you have enjoyed the the well enjoyed. <laughs> You know, um, I don't know if, enjoyed, did, if you've enjoyed you've the world by the first one, then you'll if, be upset by the second one. <laughs> yeah, if, yeah. You, if you've enjoyed if if you've enjoyed the world they've created, mm-hmm. the fact that they continue in that world is always much more interesting than. Well, should we do the same thing again with some different people? Or oh, and it brings it. It's got that. Um, we've said before with um, Guillermo del Toro, where he's got that ability to create a, a character who you hate so much mm. that you're kind of spitting venom the whole time they're on the screen. They managed to do that as well. Mm. It's part of the story. Yeah, um, that's good. Yeah. And there's a guy in it who you just vehemently hate <laughs> from the first minute he's on screen and you're very kind of... Uh, you know, kind of aggressively towards him, and, and that's his character. Tom Cruise, isn't it? 
but yeah, it, it manages to do that. And yeah, it, it's, a, it's a great film. It's well worth watching. I genuinely was surprised by it. Mm. Like, I, I watched it thinking it was going to be a, a, a second rate version of the first one because the, the story doesn't seem to have anywhere that it can continue. But yeah, if you look at the story, yeah, the idea is that it will always continuate and therefore, yeah, and it, it follows that and it's really good. Yeah, sounds right. And you thought the first one was going to be a second-rate version of everything. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I've done you twice, there, Lee. Yeah, bastards. <laughs> you know. twice tricked me. <laughs> no, when you've been sinistered. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's that is the thing, though. Like when you watch a film and you think it's going to be shit, and mm. then it surprises you, and then you watch the the <laughs> sequel, and it yeah. Get you again. Surprises you again. Mind you, it's so much better than I'm really excited about this film. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Jennifer has just joined us. Um, yeah. <laughs> so you enjoyed the second Sinister as much better. as you enjoyed the first. No, better than you enjoyed yeah. the first. Yeah. Oh, look, she said, have you discussed jump scares yet? Yeah, we did that. Cool. <laughs> that was it. That was Jennifer's. Contribution. Um, yeah. What was that? a three sentence review, by the way? Um, let's see if I can find it. <laughs> no, she hasn't seen it. All oh, right. But yeah, it was very. Uh... Oh, that's better than I thought. Oh, that was <laughs> good. Always oh, a prick. And yeah. that was pretty much it. It was very. Uh... I think it's also it's quite good that it's also it's had the right effect. All three of us have, mm. uh, you know, what goes in out in out. My arsehole watching Sinister. <laughs> <laughs> we had full appreciation. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm, glad, I'm glad we've I'm glad we've scared you, Chris. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like this. This I think yeah. I think this is you know this has been the top. Just, it just got it right, yeah. Wow. And again, uh, for a film that's, yeah, that's kind of uh, not flying under the radar, but you wouldn't put it in your top ten films or whatever of, of you know, of, um, most well-known horror films. Mm. Shall we say? Well, it wasn't until you put it on the list, and it was just like yeah. there yeah. was no argument. Yeah, that's that. interesting. Like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we should. When it's presented, Claire. So did, did Claire watch this? No. No. Fair enough. It'll be a few years I was going to say, I think, uh, uh, considering that we've all unanimously said yeah. shit us up. I did. The first thing I thought was <laughs> to Shelley, ne never watch this. Don't, no, no. don't go anywhere near it. <laughs> I googled image the monsters. You googled it? So I am um, Google imaged the demon, mm. and uh, I thought, "Fuck that!" <laughs> there you go. That was clear. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's that's a fair, a fair viewpoint to have at this. <laughs> and I'm, glad, I'm, I'm glad everyone phone. agrees with me that it was a wise decision. <laughs> yeah. the, the, the horror folk through it because it is a bit, yeah. Mm. 
Mm. I agree. And it, it's so well used as well. Like, you know, as I said with Jennifer, you know, she knew when the jump scares, when he was suddenly going to pop up, were, and it still fucking got her every time because you think he's going to appear and then it waits and then it waits and then he just appears and it just, it just gets you. And it doesn't, and it's the same with the second one as well. You know when he's going to appear mm. and you're watching the scene. You'll get it right. And it yeah. always <laughs> just waits that extra 15 seconds or so. Mm. And you're like, yeah, no, always, yeah no, always... and then it. <sighs> It, I think it works well because even when they do have their jump scares, it's definitely with this film, uh, with the first one, um, they do have their jump scares, but they're just slightly offbeat. Mm. Yeah. Or they're just slightly too long in coming in. I wonder how many times they test it on people. You know, just let's just adjust that by, you know, just that one more second. I, I think, I mean, certainly, I mean, yes, me and, me and uh, Dean, Lee's brother and former uh, former guest, guest yeah. yeah, we have had our moments where we've sat there debating like how long to sustain a note to the point of irritation, yeah, yeah. and I think <laughs> it's a similar sort of thing, yeah, because like, especially when you are actually going for irritation, mm-hmm. we're like, yeah, if we keep doing this, it, do you reckon, that, yeah, at this point they'll start laughing, yeah, yeah, now they'll get angry. What's, what's that? That's it'll be funny again. <laughs> That's a Stuart Lee. That's a Stuart Lee sketch, isn't it? it is. Shield bottle. Yeah. yeah. That's us getting bottled yeah. off. Yeah. And change. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny the psychology that's required. Yeah. But um, also, yeah, it's... probably the same sort of thing. You're like, sort of like, right? Where do you put the jump scare? And you have someone just go there, and then you ignore them. And yeah. Then you go, there. There. Yeah. Give you that extra few seconds. Yeah. Actually, you probably just you just sit there with whoever's running running the uh, editing software, <laughs> and you just wait until they go. So you're going to put this so in? You're going to put it. <laughs> then you do it. <laughs> yeah. Are you going to tell me when to cut? <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Right. Mm. So, yeah, yeah, really impressed that we managed to finally get you after. Uh, mm. Nearly a hundred episodes before, before the, yes, the, before the year. Yeah. Um. So for the next episode, we are going to cover uh, Tim Burton's Sleepy Hollow. Mm. <laughs> what? Why did you have to put his name at the start of it so it sounds like an orifice? <laughs> <laughs> We're going to examine Tim Burton's Sleepy Hollow. <laughs> Only you would. Sorry, mate. <laughs> um, yeah. So in the in the prep for Halloween, we're going to do Sleepy Hollow. Um, Thank you. Previ- previously asked for by um, James, who messaged us. Oh, in in the early days, I think. James. Yeah, uh, your uncle James. Ah. Chris. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> <That> James. <laughs> you remember Chris. <laughs> He's well, the, the fan of um Big Trouble in Little China. Yes. Blimey, that's like episode three and we've waited this long. I mean there you go. Yeah. How long can you sustain a note to irritation? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Episode ninety six apparently. <laughs> <laughs> 
but yeah so we'll cover sleepy hollow on the next episode and uh yeah we'll see how you feel about that one oh my god fantastic <laughs> i love it thank you so much for listening and good night, good night. Good night.